Talofa, Joan Hodson, former Silver Fern, former international umpire, 1987 Netball World Champ, 1991 Touch World Champ, New Zealand Women's Team, inducted into New Zealand Sports Hall of Fame for that 87 win, and in 2011 you were inducted into the Samoan Sports Hall of Fame. You've done so much. Great to be here at your high school, Sacred Heart Girls College in New Plymouth. How many years have you been teaching for now? Uh, since 86, so you do the math. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good run. It's a long time. So you were born in Samoa, yeah. but you came over to New Zealand with your family when you were about two? Yep, yep. Came with uh, my mum and um, two of my sisters. Yeah, big family in the end. Yeah, yeah, eight kids. Um, so dad was back in Samoa with the rest of the family, which is uh, two boys and two girls. And um, yeah, we were here waiting for them and organising money to send them back. Yeah. You know, back home to get them back over. So you grew up in South Auckland. What what was that like? We were hard. Manu <laughs> um, uh, I didn't know anything different except for we had arrived uh, in New Zealand and so like most Polynesian families were in Hearn Bay, Ponsonby, Greylin, um, lived there for a while and then when we could afford our own house we moved out to Manu into the it was very rural back then too. Did you grow up playing a lot of different sports when you were young? Yeah, pretty much. My dad was a really um, good sportsman. He was a boxer, played rugby and also played cricket, um, especially when he came here on a Samoan scholarship to New Zealand. Um, yeah, found that he was pretty good at sport. And my mum rode horses back in Raro, where she was from, in the Cook Islands. My pro main sport really was athletics. I did athletics from quite a young age. And um, when I got too big for athletics, I moved into tennis. Uh, but netball was something that I'd picked up from since I was in Standard 1. When did you start getting serious about netball? Oh, not till much later, you know, when things started to get a bit serious, when I got into a rep team, um, you know, and just uh, probably at secondary school started to get a bit serious in terms of, you know, um, concentrating more on that in the winter. So you were part of the Auckland team for at least a decade, first joined Auckland franchise in 1982. That's where you spent your whole domestic career. Who were some of the influential players and coaches you had during that time? Uh, Yvonne Willering, and she turned out to be my also Auckland coach later on, and uh, also for the Young Internationals. She's been a huge influence on myself. She's actually my son's godmother. She's oh, that important. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, um, old Willering and... Um, um, Marlene Flavel, she was a very big part of uh, my netball career, starting off at Auckland Netball Association. And Rose Ryan was big at Auckland Catholic, where I was at school, and um, yeah, she was one of the main coaches here. Uh, so I've got very old school, a couple of old school magazines here. I can't believe I've held on to it this long, but I was flicking through it the other day. There's an article here... Um, on the Young Internationals team that was selected to tour Canada in 1986. You were named in the team. There's an article about that. And I just noticed two of your teammates um, ended up 
coaching me in netball. So okay. Jill, Jill Smith. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Jill Smith was my form two netball teacher, tough taskmaster, uh, probably my toughest coach ever, and I was in form two. <laughs> she was a tough player. Yeah. 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 Uh, gritty and Catherine Wilkinson. Oh, Wilkes, really? Yeah, yeah she coached oh, me my in gosh. Four Seven. Oh, she was my roomie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. when we were over in uh, um, Europe, yeah, yeah. In, in England. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I loved yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah, that's <laughs> typical. Eh? Jill. Yeah. Yeah, and there you go. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> and um, Yvonne Willerin coached that team, right? Yeah, the Young Internationals, and um, it first started in 85, so that was the second year of the Young Internationals. Right. The first year uh, was the tour to the Pacific Islands. Yeah, yeah. small world. Uh, but I guess you would find that a lot uh, when, when it comes to netball, it's a small world. Yeah, and it's such a strong community in terms of, you know, if there's something that needs doing, netball is... Um, and the, in, in particular, that community were, you know, first put up their hands and, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got a second magazine here, 1987, May issue. Um, it was the trials, the netball trials held in Auckland for the um, team to be picked to go to Glasgow. Um, back then, played all your netball outside, um, but check out the water dripping off White Moni. <laughs> Yeah, that was in Auckland. Yeah. Those, uh, yeah. Water dripping. Because you would just play in any weather back then, right? Oh, mate. That's, yeah. And also those, you know, courts in particular, sometimes it would be, you know, uh, ankle deep. Like it, you, yeah. you were running through water. Yeah. It was hilarious, you know, you all scream <laughs> and carry on. There's Raywin Henry in the background there. Oh, my gosh, yeah. this is Cool. Old school. And there's yeah. um, Catherine Wilkinson. Yeah, yeah, Wilkes. <laughs> oh my gosh, she was talented. Played a lot like Mark, Mark Forsyth. Yeah. You know, they came from the same. Oh, look at Hef. <laughs> oh, wow, these are cool. And T. Yeah, these were all stalwarts, man. Forsyth. Yeah. Oh, how cool. Yeah. Oh, I've got to have a read of those yeah, again. Yeah, we'll, That's we'll awesome. have a proper look after. <laughs> Um, you first made the Silver Ferns team in 1986, so you became a part of a very small group of women. You followed in the footsteps of Margie Martinga, Waitamonu, Rita Fatialofa, uh, small uh, elite group of Pacific uh, women to make the Silver Ferns. How much of a source of pride was that for you and your family? Oh my gosh, huge. It was so huge, especially when you were born in the islands and then you come here to your new country, you know, your new adopted country. And to be able to do that, you know, amongst such amazing quality of players, I mean, just, you know, going on some of those names in particular. Mm. Yeah, it was massive. My mother was so proud. She was at probably every single game and, and our house was like a... What do they, they always call it? I can't remember. Uh, Oh, like a shrine. Yes, oh, that's yeah, what they yeah. used to call it, my shrine. And so, yeah, that's... Oh, uh, okay, so all your achievements up on the wall. Every single freaking <laughs> club photo my mother had framed and put it up. And, I mean, if anyone wants to know why they were never, ever asked to come back to my place, that was the reason. It was so embarrassing. And, you know, lots of people from our community and especially our parish, our Catholic parish would come back and 
that's what they would be subjected to. <laughs> and my brothers and sisters, I felt really sorry for them because it was like I was an <laughs> only child. They had one corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that though, but yeah, um, she was so very proud and, and came to a lot of, you know, my games, which mm. was so supportive and encouraging, yeah. yeah. So you became a champion in 1987 with that famous team in Glasgow under the um, coaching of the godmother of New Zealand netball, Dame Lois Muir. How great was it being part of that team? It was, it was amazing. I'd never, ever met Lois. And the first trial that I had was in 86. And um, I, I was called in to the New Zealand team as a late replacement, a non-travelling reserve. Um, and when I went to meet her, you know, because I'd never spoken to her, just seen her, um, when I was introduced to her, she just looked at me and said, oh, you're not very tall, are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think that was one of the first words that she'd even spoken to me about. And, and I'd asked her at the end of that particular, it was quite successful for New Zealand, that tour um, what could I do to get better? And she said, well, you can't grow, can you? And I just thought, oh, okay. <laughs> so Lois was pretty blunt then? Yeah, just real, you know, yeah. and that's what I think anyone that you talk to with Lois is, she's just, you know, up front and, mm -hmm. and um, very specific to anything that you ask her about. And I learnt more about her through the other players um, and then over the years, yeah, it was, yeah, she's pretty amazing, mm. dynamic. Fast forward the 1991 World Cup in Sydney, first time the World Cup moved to the finals format. Um, in my mind, that was the start of the high octane edge of the seat stuff between New Zealand and Australia. Australia's World Championship. On that occasion, unfortunately, Australia pipped you guys by one goal. Uh, we've talked about that game before, the atmosphere, the noise was just insane. Um, but I've looked at some replays of that game as well, and it was physical back then. You guys took your fair share of knocks back then as well. Oh, my gosh, more than that. I couldn't believe... Uh you know, I just couldn't believe how Australia played, and I'd played them, a, you know, quite a few times before that, and they were pretty gnarly, but, you know, just standing on the court, you couldn't. You couldn't just stand there. And Simone McInnes was my um, partner at the time for the whole game, and she was actually given, you know, player of the match. <laughs> what does that say? But, um, yeah, I piggybacked her. You know, my my butt bone knew her pubic bone because uh, she just rode me the whole time. It was just, yeah, it, you just couldn't get away from them. Yeah. Um, I've got a bit of evidence of that. And it is one of the best games you ever loved ever seen. Yeah, yeah. The toss-up. Oh, did you see Simone was behind you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Did you see her push down on me with her elbow? Anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh. But you look at the speed. Yeah. Yeah, it was there. It was. I didn't even... I couldn't watch that for years, man. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, you mean that. Crow up, John. Um, but yeah, it was... It was heartbreaking, man. Yeah. 
And I didn't realise how much until I walked into the changing rooms at the end. But mm. um, my sister had lent us, you know, the team a ghetto blaster. Yep. And uh, it got stolen out of one of the rooms. Um, and so we had to replace it. The team replaced it for her. Right. They bought her a better one. Oh, my gosh, it was amazing. Yeah. And so I had to return it to her straight after the game because they – come to that and and so I, I did I went looking for her and returned it and then when I went back to the changing rooms it was just death it was so quiet and sobs and people and corners and yeah oh it was terrible so there's nothing you can really say in that situation is there yeah. I did though oh, yeah. yeah I dropped the bomb but yeah oh. yeah just held it out and that kind of released a bit of tension oh. and like and, a anger? Oh, yeah, I just went, bah. <laughs> <laughs> And I went, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and then, you know, we were able to just look at each other and hug each other. And, oh, my gosh, the worst part was actually going back to our, um, not hotel, because we were staying in our hostel. And, uh, you know, on the bus, you know, people were singing party songs. They're all crying. It was just, oh, unbelievable. But, you know, you, it's the loss is just about, you know, all that hard time and hard work that you'd put in over yeah. those years. So that same year, 1991, uh, you also were in another World Cup final, the Touch World Championships in Auckland. You were part of the New Zealand women's uh, gold medal winning team. How did you juggle playing touch for New Zealand and netball for New Zealand? I was really lucky because I was in the touch team and it was the senior women's, it was like over 27s. Um, and, you know, the Lois was really good like that. She would say to me, when are your fixtures for touch? And especially because they crossed over at the end of netball season and the beginning of touch season. So she was always really mindful of that and... Um, yeah, they just worked it out that, that things just wouldn't clash. But it was, I'd done that probably for about five, six years at that stage where it was back to back. So it was netball in summer and then straight into touch. Um, oh, sorry, straight into touch in the summer and then netball back again in the winter. So there wasn't really a break. Mm. And in 1991, that was, yeah, that's where um, I also got married that year. and. There, you know, we were looking for a free weekend, and I had probably two in the whole year wow. where we could actually get married. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty crazy, but yeah, it was amazing being a part of two teams that were in World Champs finals, and one just happened to be more successful than the other one. Yeah, um, I found a little clip. <clears throat> Not with touch. Yeah. You're joking. It was based in, it was in Auckland, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, my god. Well, I don't know if it was specifically your team. It might have been the Opens. Um, but what was with the... Um, outfits. Australian women's outfits. Oh, I loved it. It was, and it was hard to touch them, man. They were, yeah, because they were... Then that's what wearing leotards. That's what you should play in, I reckon. It was really? awesome. Yeah, far out. It was cool. Yeah. 
I thought. The Australian women's team, they kind of remind me of gladiators. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, they were, I thought that that was a, yeah, so good with Aussie. Aussie are really good like that in terms of, you know, their active wear. Because even they were the ones that started off with the dresses. You know, the they bought the netball dresses in. Yeah. And everyone else was in, you know, guard belts and... Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get that. 1991 touch. Yeah, yeah, so it is. It's the open women's team. Yeah. Look, 6 0 to Australia. Yeah, that wasn't any of our yeah. teams. <laughs> yeah. So you retired from the Silver Ferns in 1993. Then you um, got into umpiring, became an international umpire by 97. Back before the mandate came in that it had to always be neutral umpires, so you would have umpired games between the Silver Ferns and Diamonds. What was that like? Just awesome. Oh, my gosh, it was just the best. Um, you know, you had two top teams and, you know, I got the best seat in the house as an umpire. It was, yeah, so exciting. I loved it. And, you know, not only did I know what the players were going through, but also the coaches and everybody else. And it was new for me, the feeling of an umpire and having to, you know, stop watching the entertainment because that's what I used to do as a player as well as... Um, you know, just watch what was going on around me and being really happy with where I was at. But with the umpiring, yeah, it's uh, more responsibility. And, yeah, I just, yeah, loved it. Mm. It was it was the closest thing I could get to playing. Mm. Every year it feels like we're saying it's getting more physical. It's getting more physical. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think there is. And I think that... Um, the sports scientists, you know, that are involved with our game uh, have really helped in that respect in terms of the fitness of the girls. I, I pretty much, yeah, I don't know anyone that could get what Kimi Order Poi gets on a, you know, yo-yo. Mm. I don't know if there was anyone that was able to get that in the same time for Vera that I was in. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's, that's, it's gone hand-in-hand hand with that. And you've also got... You know, great physios like Sharon Kearney, who has been there when I was playing as well and has been able to see that through, and I'm sure that she would have... You know, the sports smart stuff that Netball New Zealand provides through ACC, all of that, I'm sure helps. Um, and, you know, just going inside, because that's what 91 was for us, was it was the first time Netball went indoors for the World Championships. And... I think going inside has just made them more risk-free. So they just uh, throw themselves at balls, you know, the players, not with much, uh, you know, with uh, abandonment. They just go for it. Mm. Whereas, you know, with Ashfield, you kind of picked your moments mm. of when you were going to or how hard you were going to go for a ball. So... Um, yeah, man, I love those smashes. And that's what I really enjoyed at the start when I was umpiring. Uh, I just think that it's gotten to a stage where the umpires have to be more equipped with, um, you know, part of the rulings to be able to kind of help steer that in the right direction where it's not just, you know, blood and guts on the floor. So, you know, that's something that, umpires you know have to sort out and I think they're getting to that stage but there's still a long way to go. Mm.
you also went into coaching. You coached the Auckland Diamonds in 2003. Once you moved to Taranaki, you keep going with the coaching, age group reps at school here, president of Nepal Taranaki for five years as well. Your love for the game obviously runs deep. Yep. Yep, <laughs> and also, you know, not being able to say no a lot of the time too because once I'd left Auckland and we'd moved down here, um, I was going to be low profile, you know, and uh, that soon went out of the window when I first met my first principal down here. Um, so also with Netball Taranaki, they had approached me and asked me to, you know, if I could do or help out with different programs that were on the calendar. So, yeah, next thing, hello, President. What the? Okay, yeah, so that was interesting, yeah. You've had a long career as a teacher. You've obviously been here at Sacred Heart Girls for a number of years. Um, you're a dean, P teacher. I imagine you've seen a lot of change over, over the years. Like, when I went to school, the choices were in winter, it was either netball or hockey, in summer, tennis, cricket, maybe volleyball. Are there a lot more choices now for girls? Definitely, yeah. Um, but the love of netball is still, you know, probably the highest of girls that come, you know, that go to high school. It's still probably our most popular sport. Um, but, yeah, there's lots there that are available and, you know, just uh, with the support of parents... Girls can do anything, you know, so if you're interested in something, that's that's what people are doing. I mean, man, now I'm not doing much netball in summer or touch, but, you know, I'm a rowing mum, so that's changed again. <laughs> the stats have been showing us for a while now that girls, or especially teenage girls, drop out of sport at a higher rate than boys do something like one in three Kiwi women stop playing sports by the age of 17. Uh, there's a marked drop-off um, in young women doing sport and rec between the ages of 15 and 17. These are just some of the headlines. Why do you think that is? Times have changed, you know, and people's um, choices changed over the years. And most of my friends were actually into um, things outside of sport. So, you know... That's that's what it is, and for girls, that's probably more attractive is is that side of things, especially you know nowadays girls um, work really hard out of school and set themselves up because they can see now that you could be an influencer if you wanted to be, and you know that um, you know still academic is is more you know at the top of the list important, but people can see that you know experience comes with that so you know for me I, I I love it here and I love teaching at all girls schools because girls love PE you know there's not many that sit out of your classes and when I was at co-ed schools it was totally different um, so they are getting that but they are choosing elsewhere because of you know what society presents for them and you know they Unless they get the bug when they're younger, then, you know, sport is just, you know, a hobby. 
your daughter, Sophia. Uh, she's in that age bracket, but no uh, risk of her dropping out of sport, I don't think. Didn't she win a New Zealand secondary school rowing title earlier this year? Yeah, yeah, she did. She was. Uh, she surprised all of us, actually, and um, she won the Māori Cup, which is for under-17 uh, single skulls. Um, yeah, that was, and she was coached by Philippa Baker and uh, Jodie um, Haskell uh, at our local, you know, Clifton Rowing Club. Yeah, man, she's yeah, she's just taken to it and just just loves it. But still, her first love is yeah, netball. Pretty handy netballer, I hear. Yeah, yeah, she's all good. She's she's not too bad. Uh, you've done so much for sport, for netball, player, umpire, coach, president, teacher. Are you going to slow down anytime soon? Totally. Um, I've, you know, let Netball Taranaki know that this is my last year on being on, you know, committees, judiciary or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, from coaching as well and also school coaching. So I'm not going to be doing any netball at all after this year. So, um, and besides watching. Yeah, I still love that, and I still love going to live games. Oh, my gosh, there's nothing, nothing like it. And being able to sit in the stands is just wonderful to be able to, yeah, not have any responsibility. Still care, but no responsibility. Well, you deserve it. Thanks for letting us get to know you more. You are truly a champion of the Pacific, Joan Hodson. Thank you so much.